Welcome to Real Talk, Real Women, Breaking the Silence Around Abuse. I am Gemma Serenity-Gorokov, your host, and today we have the immense honor to have Tracy Sage coming on stage today. You will know something special about Tracy Sage. Her name means I love you. She will tell you more about that. So let's start with her bio, the way she says it. I know very well how damaging unhealthy relationships can be for ourselves, our intimate connections, and for our whole family. It was through my own healing journey from my dysfunctional and abusive childhood to creating healthy, adoring relationships that I discovered most of the tools and love wisdom I share in my coaching and my five-star book, The Missing Manual to Love, Marriage, and Intimacy. My formal studies included background in psychology and counseling, yoga and movement therapy, relationship seminars, and coach trainings. Yet the greatest contributions to my journey as a love catalyst and relationship coach have come from the school of life. At this point, I have been helping people transform their lives and relationships for 30 years. What nourishes my soul and my passion for coaching are the miracles that happen in people's relationships when they work with me. In Maslow hierarchy of needs, love and relationship is our most essential need after our basic survival needs are met. And we do not, and when we do not prioritize this very essential need, we can survive however we rarely thrive. So I am on a mission to make a difference in millions of relationships for ourselves, for our children, and for our world. Tracy Sage, so love catalyst. The stage is yours. Welcome mm. on board. Thank you, dear. It's a delight to be here with you again. And, Thank you. Uh, yeah. I'm excited for our sharing. That's beautiful. So let's assume that the person who is listening to you right now does not know you and would like to know a little bit more about what kind of abuse did you overcome so that she may relate to you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would begin probably um, when I was about eight years old and my mother married um, a man who I, um, I didn't want her to marry because he had such bad vibes. I could tell that he was an unhealthy man and um, yeah. I, I knew it was not going to be good. <laughs> and um, she did it anyway. Um, they eloped and, and um, then he became my abusive stepfather. And uh, he abused me physically. He was kind of a stocky man, uh, black belt in judo. And um, he would, you know, hit me on the head, he would put, bring his hand straight down on top of my head so that I still have a, a spot on my head that is really, that's sensitive. And then um, also it affected my neck. Um, but he would hit me there and then sometimes he would just knock me across the room. And uh, he was quite, yeah. And sometimes I would pass out when he would, but he would stand me and lecture at me. And so he was physically and emotionally and mentally and also sexually abusive to me and so that went on until I moved out at 15 which 
thank goodness I had the wherewithal to get myself out of the situation. Um, and what I would say is that um, even though it was a really rough journey during that time and I was afraid of him, there were a few really interesting things. And one was that when I would stand in front of him and look him, I would look him directly in the eyes and I would speak truth no matter, even though I was afraid of him, because I knew, um, I knew that I was good and good overcomes evil. And I knew that because I would, there were a few things going on there. One was that I would read these children's books and I highly recommend this. I still do it when anytime I'm feeling a little wobbly, I read these books. So I just read um, a, a, a book that was really great. Um, anyway, I read these children's books and in these books, the children are the heroines and good overcomes evil. And I knew I was the heroine in this story. So I knew that I was powerful. I knew that I was more powerful than he was because I had confidence and I had integrity. And I knew that I was stronger than he was in every way except for physically. So, um, so that was one of the blessings. And then the other piece about that was that I was forgiving him and forgiving my mother for her part in this um, as it was happening. So these were two things and that forgiveness, I felt that the forgiveness also gave me a, 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 a sense of protection. Like I felt that it really minimized the damage of the abuse. This is, yeah. this is very rare to hear as a story that as an answer to abuse, you connect with love and forgiveness energy. And that allows you to heal the trauma at the same time that it happens so that it does not damage more in your mind, body, soul, all the dimensions of our being. This is one of the rare traits that makes you unique and that we all wish to be like you. Forgiveness. I, I, I mean, I felt so guided. Uh, also, I had a... I have a relationship with the divine and, 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 and I would, uh, I received it through talking to trees. That was one of my things was I, I would talk to the trees and I would receive, you know, guidance from the trees. Uh, so I had a very strong connection, connection with nature and I felt held in a benevolent universe. Like I knew that I was being held. I knew that I was going to get through this. Um, so even as it was happening, I had, you know, this, these blessings, you know, it's like, I really feel blessed. Um, and I bring a lot of that into like it, in my book and also in my coaching, this piece about uh, forgiveness and this piece about connecting with that sense of that deep listening, listening to the guidance that is, you know, we all have access to it. And when we listen to that, we can, um, it puts us in our power, right? And so there was a way that even though I was just a skinny little girl, you know, I was, um, you know, and easy to knock around. I was yet, I was more in my power than my abuser. 
And that was uh, a very interesting thing. And it gave me, I left that. So even though I wouldn't wish that, you know, experience of abuse on anyone, it gave me my strengths and this sense of confidence that stayed with me. So it's a, it's, it was a very powerful journey. How blessed. This is really one of the biggest blessings of uh, blessings of, of your life to have been able to connect that way and to unite with self-confidence, self-love, self-esteem, and to not lose those things. Because one of the biggest traits when you get abused and you get subjected to all kinds of awful things is to lose those self-love, self-confidence, and self-esteem. That is, this is, this is how you know that, I mean, this is over. And yet, by having the same experience, you are, you have been able to maintain your self-love, self-esteem, and self-confidence. That is special. And that is something we all want to learn from you. That is beautiful. I was just thinking about it and I was, it, it, I think one of the things that helped me have that it was that I had a lot of responsibility. I had four siblings that I was taking care of, you know, and so in, in, in a lot of ways, it's like I, I, you know, I had a lot of responsibility, um, you know, for cooking and cleaning and taking care of children and, and, and really, you know, uh, I loved my siblings so much and they loved me so much. I mean, there was so much, um, mutual adoration there so there was a lot of love in the mix already you know and and also the sense of like I can't um it's like I need to I need to be strong I need to rise because I have other people you know younger people dependent upon me and so I think that was another one of the gifts which you know, I had a sister that was close in age and she did not take that as a gift. She felt she did not want to have responsibilities. Um, and she, so what I would do is I would let, you know, send them all out to play while I cook dinner and, or, and clean the house or whatever. And, and so that's how I would navigate that because she was not happy with that. Like that didn't serve her. What she needed was to play like other children. Right. But for me, the responsibility actually did serve me and it allowed me to get through this situation in a better way. Amazing. Thank you. Can you tell us the story of Tracy Sage means I love you? (laughs) (laughs) And it means I love you. It's just how I hear it. Um, When, when my friends call me Tracy Sage and, um, uh, I think one of my partners actually started that uh, was started calling me by my full name instead of just Tracy. And um, I think that's where it started. I don't remember. It's been a while. And, um, and when I, when my friends say that, when my, I hear, I love you because something about how they say it, it it's just, yeah, it, that's how I hear it. So, so it's one, it's, it's wonderful. It's like, um, every time someone calls me, you know, uh, it's like, uh, it lights me up. I think it is 
I think this is such a blessing. That's and 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 how is your self talk, Tracy? <laughs> I want to know. I want people to know that because this is also something like exceptional. Oh, my self talk is super sweet and encouraging. I talk to myself the way I would talk to one of my siblings or a dear friend. Um, I I encourage myself a lot like you know when I do something um when I'm you know like when I make a fire in the morning and and the fire starts going I I say to myself well done Tracy Sage you know it's like I I talk to myself uh with encouragement and celebration and and if I'm if I'm sad or challenged I also give myself encouraging words, you know, and I talk to myself sweetly, like I'll call myself sweetheart or, you know, oh, honey, I know that hurt or whatever. I, I'm just sweet with myself. Yeah. And it wasn't until I started coaching. I mean, I thought that was just normal until I started coaching a lot of people and realizing that this is a very unusual thing. <laughs> and it's something that I really do help my clients with, because if we could all talk, treat ourselves as the dear ones that we are, I mean, you know, our nearest and dearest person is ourselves. And so I would like this for everyone to be really that kind and loving to themselves. I think the world would be so much better off. So much better off. It's amazing. I thought when I was um, uh, young, and I still have this thought, that if everyone took full responsibility for their own happiness, can you imagine what a world it would be? It's like if we were all happy people coming together to play with other happy people. And so I, I... I also decide made that choice at an early age that you know that I had that sense of being responsible for my own happiness. So, yeah, for my own happiness and my own love. If we start there, it just gets better. <laughs> and understanding that this is you, it becomes obvious and self-evident that you have become the I'm going to put the right word, the love catalyst and relationship coach that you have chosen to be, because then it's just like, just let me be me and lead you to you. Ah, so well put, so true, yeah. Because this is actually, at the end of the day, this is how you, this is the value you bring to any of your coaching, any of your friends, any of your relationships. I mean, it is a blessing to talk with you, to listen to you, to connect with you, and to just have a little bit of this encouraging self-talk. It's like, wow, that is the kind of coach you want to have. Just allow yourself to be reminded over and over and over again until it becomes yourself that you must love yourself and that your name means I love you. How <laughs> yes, I want that for everyone. It's, it's funny because I have to tell you also that when I hear your name, I, what I get, of course, is that, you know, you're such a gem. And so that, you know, it's like, I, I feel that about you. And so I, 
I think your name also has, you know, such significance, yeah, that it reflects the gem Thank that you. you are. Thank you. You know, interestingly enough, I was not born Gemma Serenity. That was not my birth name. It was close to that, but it was not that. And because I went through the fire of life of 15 years of domestic violence, beaten, put down, raped, and was killed in two relationships during, I mean, from 17 years old until 34, with a little bit of a break in between the two relationships. It's like I couldn't continue to hold my birth name. And I was becoming a gem through the fire of life experience, of hurt, of, of all kinds of things. And when 2017, what we, which was one of the big shifts of my healing and transformation after the abuse stopped, suddenly it, it came to me and I heard it. And when I heard Gemma, all right, that sounds amazing. And then someone wrote it with a G, like a gem. Mm. That sounds amazing. And someone else chimed in and said, Gemma Serenity. Okay, we got it. I have my name. Mm. And the beautiful thing is that in 2019, by becoming an American citizen, they just ask you, okay, so what is your name as an American citizen? That is it. All right, Gemma Serenity. You got it. <laughs> thank you so yeah it is it is a, a a testimonial of becoming a gem because it's not you you are not born a gem you become a gem through life experience yeah. and you grow into serenity Yeah, I love how you describe it. It definitely reminds me of, you know, the, the formation of a diamond, right? You know. All right. So you have written a book, which is The Missing Manual to Love, Marriage, and Intimacy. There are four big chapters in there. Do you want to tell us about that? Or maybe to read us a little bit or something good? Something good, of course, of course. Um, so I, I, I wanted to share the uh, four radical commitments for joyful living, loving, and thriving. And this is at the very end of the book. So the, the I want to say that the whole book has, uh, you know, many tools for getting to this place, for supporting this, because um, these, these radical commitments are called radical for a reason, and that is. First of all, that radical means root, right? And so they are at the root of, you know, thriving in love. Uh, they are at the root of a healthy relationship. Uh, and also radical means something very different than what we're surrounded by in our culture, right? And in our, you know, and most of us in our families and it's it's something very different than what we know. It's, you know, very unusual, right? And, um, and these commitments are very different than what um, the typical commitments you see at a wedding, <laughs> for instance. <laughs> 
And so um, I'd like to focus on those. And I wanna preface it by saying that I wrote this manual because we didn't get one. Like it was missing, right? We, we, we were, most of us didn't get the manual when we were born into this human life with human relationships. And um, most of us did not get relationship skills and tools in school. And most of us did not have healthy role models. So, you know, we really didn't um, get what we needed. And so I felt that I would at least write the manual. Not that it's the comprehensive manual, there's still more. <laughs> but and, and this is a really good start. It really does, you know, cover a lot of ground. So um, yeah, so the four radical commitments, I'll start with the first one. One of my favorites, they're all wonderful, but the num radical commitment number one is commitment. No, I'm sorry. Radical commitment number one is collaboration. <laughs> they're all commitments. This one is collaboration. And what I love about collaboration is it's about being on the same team. And oftentimes we, in our culture, we uh, treat our partner as our adversary. <laughs> It's like we 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 um, think of them as you know like we'll compete with them or compare with them or you know and 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 um you know we'll get into the right wrong with them you know rather than realizing that we're on the same team that we're collaborators. So I want to read this because I um, I think I said it well in the book. So this commitment is about being on the same team through the high roads and the rough bumps instead of competing resisting and warring with each other. It's a commitment to co-creating solutions that work for both of you without compromising or sacrifice. And I am, uh, I would say that I'm much more interested in co-creating co solutions rather than compromising or sacrificing. I think a lot of the way we've been taught to work things out is through compromise and sacrifice. And I don't believe that that's usually necessary. I think it's rare that you need to compromise. Usually there's a solution that works for both parties. Amazing, thank you. Yes, collaboration really means partnering together in life really like hand in hand in the same direction on the same path with the same challenges, but different perception of the events around us and come in going through life together, collaborating toward a common goal, a common project, which is our life together or something that we build together. It becomes a, an a encouragement a mutual encouragement to continue and to, and to acknowledge what has been done and encourage to continue. I really like this collaboration commitment. Mm -hmm. Me too. And then radical commitment number two is also wonderful. It's discovery. Discovery. So this commitment is about bringing lightness to your human adventures together recognizing that it's truly a grand experiment. We are evolving, our relationship is evolving. Our life, our relationship is a work in progress. 
being open to discovery means setting aside your assumptions, judgments, stories, and conclusions. Instead, you can enjoy the new unfolding of yourself, your partner, and your relationship each day. The new unfolding. This will keep your relationship fresh and fun through every season. And this is the solution to taking the other one for granted. Because when we take the other one for granted, it just breaks it, it breaks the commitment. And when we accept to discover the other, over and over again and to outgrow ourselves and allow the other to discover us and continue to go to life through amazement and discovery like a kid who is discovering nature for the first time it's just like ah, it is gorgeous and then we keep on falling in love with each other because it is just a constant discovery of our perfection and amaze, amazingness that we are inherent to our beingness. Absolutely. It's so playful. It's playful, like you said, like children. It's playful. It's um, it's also about, uh, you know, it's like that not having an agenda for each other, like really holding, you know, like I will hold your agenda for your your you and your life and you hold my agenda for me and my life and in that we are always discovering and and that may change and so you know we're always evolving we're always changing and growing and and you know that's uh you know i i think that's so important to recognize that there's sometimes where uh i think that couples you know, they get married and they think, okay, I married this person like this. And now they have to stay that way because that's who I want to marry. <laughs> you know, I see this sometimes where it's like, you know, we hold on to that evolution and, and yet we're going to continue to evolve and grow. And so there will be, you know, there are qualities, there are, you know, things that stay the same. Yes. But there's also that we are constantly growing. I mean, I hope so. <laughs> this is this is also something very interesting because I do remember the first relationship, abusive relationship I had when the question of marriage came on the table because I was married twice. When the question of marriage came to the table, it was like, yeah, I'm not sure I'm going to marry you because you are not holding the house tidy correctly yet you are not able to hold the house together yet so you have to apply yourself more so that I can trust that I can marry you that kind of like mm -hmm. asking for more without giving more <laughs> like really not and when you take it the other way around by really allowing playfulness the collaboration the discovery and allowing each other to be so that we can commit to each other and knowing that we continue to evolve and not trying to get one and last image and, and being stuck with that image, which is totally unrealistic. Okay, 
So when there is not that, there is marriage. When there is that, you better not. <laughs> it's not going to work. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, you're speaking to that that place of where we sometimes uh, see someone and we say, "Oh, this is a this is a great person. I think I could marry this person. I, I just have to fix a few things, <laughs> and then." I can marry them. <laughs> what a what an approach. It's really, you know, this is what we definitely need to change. This idea. I always say it's like if you're having thoughts of fixing them, these are red flags. This 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 is this is a red flag right up front because totally. that's not what we want to do to each other. No. No. Yeah. You don't want to try to repair the other one who will be flawed in way or another. No, you want to love and embrace the other person for who she is or who he is and and let them be and, and be grateful to be side by side on the same path, on the same journey. And share the growth. You know, I we, we all have, I always say we're perfectly imperfect. Uh, you know, it's like, we all have our um, human foibles, you know, and I, I accept mine, you know, it's like, I, I, I feel that um, being accepting of my own makes it easier for me to accept yours, <laughs> right? It's like, it's like, oh, you know, we're all human. It's like, and when we can make friends with that, right? We can make friends with that, you know, I have room for improvement. I have lots of room for improvement. And so, you know, when we come to terms with that and just recognize that, and that that um, doesn't make me any less of a person, you know. That's beautiful. Thank you so, so much. All right, next commitment. Next commitment is the the one that people have the hardest time with. It's called full disclosure. Full disclosure. So this commitment is about 100% honesty and ownership. This is the most radical commitment, both in the sense that it is so essential and that it is radically opposed to what most of us have learned by osmosis from our family and culture. So yeah. Yeah. The secret garden. You must withhold information because um you know your partner can't handle it or you know it's like oh that will just upset them you know and it's it's really the thing that often creates uh, i want to say it creates a block it creates distance it's like when we withhold um we know that we're withholding and then and our partner can feel it even if they don't really know what it is, you know, it's, it's, it will, it will damage your sex life. Seriously. You know, it's like when you have secrets, it's likely to show up because our bodies don't lie. So uh, that's one of the places where it's really noticeable. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. The secret garden. I have been taught about the secret garden when I was 12 years old, maybe 11, at school from my 
a teacher in the course of drawing. And out of the blue, and God knows why he told me that. I think he was just trying to ramble about his own life and his own difficulties. Today, this is how I look at it. But at that time, it was like, okay, he was telling me, Gemma, there is one thing. In life, when you get in a relationship, you never disclose everything because one day your partner who loved become your worst enemy and returns everything against you. So hold and withdraw as much as you can. Do never give yourself fully. It's why it's like, and, and I received that. I was 11, 12 years old. And I had nothing to do with all of that. I think he just like confided in me at that moment in time. It's like, I didn't know what to answer. I did not answer anything, by the way, because I was like, okay, weird. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. But, but, but it stuck with me because it's so not natural, unnatural. And the truth is that later in life, I did withdraw enough to cheat, to lie, to hide, to withdraw, especially things that I would think would upset the other person. Mm -hmm. And that built up in such a gigantic house. <laughs> I mean, it is unbearable to keep lying for long. It becomes an Bearable because you have to think about that all the time to keep it, keep it, keep it. It explodes. You cannot hold that forever. It, it burns you from inside. So your forced commitment, radical commitment, I think is the best of all. You know, when I started the relationship with Sasha, my third, last, and dream husband, the only amazing person that I met in my life in a love, love and romantic relationship, I started off before we were a thing, before we were a couple, I started off, okay, can I tell you something? And I started just, I say, there is that and that and that and that, all my secrets, all those heavy things that were like weighing so, so heavy. There is that and that and that and that and that. And he was, okay? <laughs> Give me more. At least we know from the get-go what may at some point come back and bite you if we decide to be a couple. And a few times later, he was asking me again, okay, is there something else that you have not told me yet? And I was there like, I think I told you everything because there is nothing I'm retaining anymore. And the freedom of yeah. being able to say, can you give me your phone? Sure, here it is. You, you you have the, the same, you, you, you are uh, re registered, you can enter my phone. Sure, here it is. Absolutely. I have nothing to hide. You know everything anyway. So, sure. And that allows complete freedom and trust inside the couple. Absolutely. I, I really love this forced commitment. It's, it's probably the most important. I mean, all are important. But that's probably the most important because it really frees up the relationship. And creates a lightness. You know, it's like, I, I think that, you know, one of the things for me is I, I 
I have been a very honest person. It's a, one of my highest values is honesty. And so um, I can't imagine lying because it, it's like, I, I actually can count on one hand how many times I've told a lie. And it was horrible each time because uh, it just doesn't feel good in my body. I'm very tuned into my body and it doesn't feel good in my body. And, and it sticks with me like a bad flavor in my mouth or something. And I, 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 you know, it's like, I can't get rid of it. Right. So yeah, I think it's oh, so free, freeing. Uh, and it allows us to be light and to be totally authentic. And I can't imagine if you were telling a lot of lies, then you'd have to try to keep track of them. And, you know, if you told the truth to one person and told a lie to another, and then what if they're at the same place at the same time? I mean, it just sounds like a nightmare to me. <laughs> and it is. I guarantee you it is. It is a nightmare. It's super, super hard. It does not work. It does not bring happiness. And it's not for the pocket of joy that you can feel or the pocket of adrenaline because, oh, and what if you get caught? Okay, so or things like that. It's like, yeah, the happiness of disclosing everything, the freedom it brings to not hold any secret and to just know that we have love, trust, respect, reliability inside of the couple with that you can get married and go the entire life together yeah it's interesting because i think that um both forgiveness the for forgiveness practice that i talked about earlier and um the full disclosure those two things are both very freeing like you know and it and it will I think they can actually heal many physical ailments because I think a lot of our physical ailments are from holding on to stuff that is not good for us, you know? So whether it's a, a, a secret or whether it's, you know, a grudge, right? Or, you know, some blame that we have for some someone, you know, these are the things that become physically uh, damaging to us. And so, yeah, so this is a, a really great commitment. So there's just one more, the fourth radical commitment. And this one is, is also very sweet and actually supports all the other ones. And it's the commitment of safe haven. So this is about allowing yourself and your partner to be exactly who you are with all your strengths, charms, brilliance, flaws, shortcomings, imperfections, uniqueness, and similarities, power and vulnerability. It means honoring both of your preferences, your callings, your yeses and your noes, your freedom and your choices. This is a commitment of choosing to show up with love, kindness, understanding and tenderness instead of criticism and judgment of good or bad, right or wrong, or unfair. I thought I turned that phone on. It'll stop in a minute. It's all good. And you know that we do not hear it anyway. So okay. all good, all good. You can ignore it. So yeah, this is truly, truly important because by allowing ourselves the freedom to be, 
the freedom to give the others the freedom to be as well, this becomes heaven on earth. Yeah, definitely. Totally. I mean, it's such a, it's such a, I was thinking about the, um, what was the piece? Oh, the yeses and the noes. So honoring each other's yeses and noes, like honoring our own yeses and noes and honoring the other's yeses and noes, that is healthy boundaries. That's my definition definition of healthy boundaries. When we can do that, we can we can navigate anything. So sometimes we think you know, this is when when we are when we're not working as collaborators, we think we need to change each other's yeses and nos. That's not what it's about. It's about honoring them, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's where you know when we do that, then we can, you know, co-create solutions from that place, right? Of honoring. Beautiful. And we all feel so much better. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's beautiful. Tracy Sage, the fastest way to get a hold of you is going to your website, tracysage.com. Is that still right? Yes. All right. And to go to Instagram to the Love Catalyst. Still current? Okay. Just in case you change anything in your URL or Instagram or anything, let me know so that I update the description. So, guys, when you check the description it shall be up to date and if not ask me and i will find her <laughs> <laughs> oh <Aww>, thank you <laughs> all right tracy so you offer retreats courses one-on-one -on -one coaching two-on-one -on -one coaching i should say because you you have couples to really yeah, so their love. with singles as well as couples okay and i work with Singles and couples, I would say, who are ready for an, a next level of relationship. So, um, you know, it's all about love and starting with yourself and then each other. So, so yeah, I can easily imagine a, a, a seven day self-love challenge or something like that coming from you. That would be nice. <laughs> Usually they, they come in the form of retreats because I do uh, retreats. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, seven days self-love retreat. Let's yeah. do it. <laughs> That's beautiful. Thank you, Tracy. All my love, my respect, my admiration. I truly appreciate everything that you bring with your being, just with your being. And shining so much love to so many people who are able to receive it. It is uh, your beacon of light. Thank you. Back at you, my dear. You are such a blessing. And I am super grateful for this beautiful podcast that you're, you've created and how many lives you will touch in this. So thank you for doing what you do. It is a pleasure to participate. Thank you so, so much. See you next time.